Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cush. I am a licensed clinical professional counselor in Maryland, where right now I'm doing all online therapy for residents of Maryland due to the coronavirus. It is definitely a switch. It feels I've done online therapy before, but uh, doing all sessions online and in my home is definitely a different feeling. And I've noticed that it's hard to let go of the work stress when the work is happening at home, and sometimes that impacts my sleep. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, sleep, getting better sleep with Dr. Elizabeth Bonnet. But before we get started... If you want to be in the loop for all the podcast episodes and my blog, you can sign up for the newsletter. Go to progressioncounseling.com or womanwarriors.com and there is a form you can fill out there to get signed up for the newsletter. You can also sign up for my free guide for worried women to help you get started meditating. I know meditation can be hard. I know sometimes it's hard to find the time or to get your mind in a place where it feels like you can meditate and focus. And my guide is for you. If that's you, if you struggle with meditation or if you just want to get started, it's a guide to get you started in three minutes. Well, The guide probably takes longer to read than three minutes, but you can meditate for three minutes a day and it will help. You also get a free guide for bringing mindfulness into your everyday life. And who wouldn't want more of that? So sign up at womanwarriors.com or progressioncounseling.com. As I said, today my guest is Dr. Elizabeth Bonnet or Dr. Liz. She is the winner of numerous awards, including Top 100 Moms in Business. Dr. Liz almost always worked for herself in one business or another, whether it was selling door-to-door at the age of six, programming and designing websites, freelance writing, teaching yoga, or being an expert in hypnosis. She sold her award-winning business, Yoga Fairy Prenatal Yoga, in 2016 to concentrate on her private practice that provides hypnotherapy and hypnosis to people wanting a holistic, mindful way to transform. She has been certified in hypnosis and hypnotherapy since 2014 and is a highly sought-after hypnotherapist specializing in emotional healing. She does hypnosis all over the world through virtual platforms, as well as offers in-person intensives in her office in Hollywood, Florida, 
here in the United States. Being an expert in anxiety and insomnia, she is launching Sleep Better, Feel Better, an online program for insomnia in May of this year, so next month. Dr. Liz has a PhD in clinical psychology from Nova Southeastern University and is a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida. And I'm really excited to talk to her about her program and hypnosis and how we can get better sleep so we can feel better. Let's get started. Hi, Liz, and welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's so great. I'm so happy you could come back. I think you were one of my earliest guests and um, I really enjoyed our conversation. So it's fun to have you back and fun that you're doing some new stuff. But if you wouldn't mind telling the audience a little bit about you and what has inspired you to do the work that you do. Absolutely. So I live and work in South Florida, which is a particular place all its own. And I have two kids, one's a freshman in college, one's an eighth grader right now, and a husband and a dog and a cat. I'm a pretty normal person, quote unquote, right? Right, right. <laughs> not that we're all not unique in our own way. And I've been in practice as a psychotherapist for about 10 years now. So quite a while. I took a break from psychotherapy right after I graduated with my PhD in clinical psych for about 10 years. I went and worked in the corporate world and then raised kids and mm. made a whole yoga company and then sold that later, like did all kinds of stuff. So in the past couple of years, though, I've focused exclusively on my practice and became certified in hypnotherapy, hypnosis, mm -hmm. which I absolutely love. So when I did that, lots of people started coming in for hypnosis, obviously. Yeah. And insomnia is one of the big things that they call me for. Now, I struggle with insomnia most of my life, I would say. Like, I remember waking up with lots of nightmares as a little kid and, you know, padding into the room where my dad was watching TV and he'd make me some toast and some tea and we'd talk a little bit and then I'd go back to bed college years, you know, studying and worrying about exams. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much a constant. Then as I had kids, you know, kids' schedules are just crazy. Right? Oh my so, gosh. Right. No matter what age. Yes. No matter what age. So then, I, you know, I was just up and down all night. And then as I, as they got older and their sleep became more on their own than obviously with a parent involved, mm -hmm. I still suffered with insomnia. So I would wake up in the middle of the night and just be like, oh, this is miserable, right? Yeah. Miserable. Oh, so terrible. Yeah. And all the anxieties and worries would start going in my head too. That's yeah. usually what it was related to. I was worried about something. Yeah. And it would wake me up and I'd go to sleep with it and it would be there in the morning too and all <laughs> of this stuff. So when I became certified in hypnotherapy, suddenly I found this tool that I could use that worked really well. Now, it's not like I had not tried other things. Like I had other 
things that I had researched through the years, books I had read, all of that stuff. And that is helpful. But I think for me, hypnosis really put it over the top to where I finally felt like I had a skill that Mm -hmm. I could learn, a tool that I could use that didn't involve me reading something in the middle of the night or doing something in the middle of the night other than with my mind. So that was a game changer for me. And as I began to incorporate that into my practice, when I was working with people, it was a game changer for them too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know I, you know, I work with men and women who have anxiety. So a lot of them struggle with sleep as well, whether it's falling asleep or waking up during the night and not being able to get back to sleep or getting up super early when they don't want to um, and not being able to fall back to sleep. And it definitely impacts their stress and their mental health. But can you talk a little bit about how poor sleep quality can impact our mental health and positive mental health? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is... Okay, so when we enter into deep sleep, dopamine is released. So when you're not getting a long period of deep sleep, then you're getting less dopamine released. Okay, now dopamine is involved in depression, right, and prevention of depression. Hmm. So there is this sort of circular relationship between depression, anxiety, and sleep where it's it's the chicken or the egg, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm feeling really bad or I'm feeling really anxious. Now I can't sleep, but now I'm not getting that dopamine because I'm not really getting a restful sleep. And now I feel more depressed and anxious, right? So it's like, oh my God, where do you start there? Where do you intervene? Well, most people think, okay, let's intervene with the sleep, but then let's also intervene with the thoughts and the the cognitive stuff going on. Okay, so it's a, I see it as a two-pronged process. So when you begin to do that, then the person starts to feel better and they start to get more sleep. And when they get more sleep, they start to feel better. So again, circular, but Mm -hmm. it impacts so much stuff. Poor sleep impacts how you work the next day. It impacts like a long list of health stuff in terms of being a risk factor for that, in terms of your concentration, it affects that. It affects your ability to even hold a conversation. So I, I talk to people all the time about this and They're like, I can't even hold a conversation, it feels like. Like my mind just wanders off in the middle. It's like, okay, gotcha. That impacts so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know for me, um, either I'm so wired that I can't fall asleep. And so then I'm laying in bed, sort of arguing with myself about why I'm not sleeping and what I should do about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, or sometimes waking up in the middle of the night, like two o'clock in the morning is my wake up time where Mm. if I'm stressed, like my eyes pop open and then all of a sudden all my worries of the day are there circling around and around and around. I'm like, I can't do anything about this right now. It's the middle of the night, but, um, I know it, it impacts me like how I feel the next day when I wake up. Um, so definitely. Yeah. And I feel as if as women, we carry so much worry anyway, that like, there's a lot of us not getting a lot of really good sleep. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, when you become a mom, you have to figure out how to manage the feelings of worry about your kids. Mm -hmm. right? And when you can't manage those, then sometimes it goes into postpartum anxiety or postpartum OCD or postpartum depression, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's say sure. you get over that hump. You still have to manage pretty much, I would say, almost constant worry about your kids, right? If we want to call it that, <laughs> okay? Like, it's not like right. you think about them 24-7. No, but it's, but like it's they, there. It's yeah. there and they exist in your mind and they exist in your heart. They're in the background mm -hmm. and you're thinking, I hope they're having a wonderful day if they're off in college. If they're smaller, you're like, I hope they're doing well in school today or whatever that is, right? Yeah, sure, sure. And right now for me, all of my kids are adults, but I worry that this coronavirus, like, yeah, how are they being safe? Are they being smart? Are they staying home? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I had yeah. talked to a friend that I have the other day and she had said, well, yeah, this is sort of a newish friend, I would say. So I said, where are your kids? I don't quite remember. And she said, oh, they're both adults. And one is working in a lab and another is this, but his girlfriend's coming in and out. Like she was worried about the girlfriend coming in and out. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah, you still worry even when they're grown. Yes, so absolutely. it becomes a process of figuring out how to manage that. Right. Mm -hmm. And CBT cognitive behavior therapy, I think is wonderful for managing that. It really is mm -hmm. going to my kids are safe. I can only control so much, whatever your phrase is. Right. So recently yeah. I've been obviously worried about the coronavirus, right? We all, we all are. Oh yes. And I was worried about my car door coming from the grocery store. Mm. Finally, I settled on the phrase, I've done everything reasonable I can to protect myself and my family. Mm. And that helped calm everything down for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's figuring out that phrase of, all right, my kids are healthy and well. And if something happens, I'm sure I'll know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and I'm bad, doing the bad news best will always that I find can. You. That's the yes. phrase, right? Bad news will always find you. <laughs> like, that don't worry true. about it. <laughs> That's the <laughs> second part of it. Don't worry about it. Bad news will always find you. I mean, yeah. good news will too. Right. So, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. But but worrying about it isn't going to help you solve what happens when it does happen, right? Like Correct. it just keeps us in that worrying state, but we end up having to figure out what to do when the bad things happen, when they happen. Yes. And it's pretty much never what we plan, right? Yes. So even planning sometimes helps people, at least in my practice. I'm a huge planner too. It's like, okay, if one of them got sick, then I would do X, Y, and Z, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even now, even with these special circumstances we're in, mm -hmm. I would still be able to do X, Y, and Z. Okay. And then you can put it away. Yeah. 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 So mm. I understand. And it's waking up in the middle of the night. I, it's interesting. You said that you wake up at 2 a.m. So it seems like people wake up either at 2 or like 4, 4.30. Hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. If you look at the history of sleep, we actually used to gather in the middle of the night. So we would do this first shift of sleep. We would wake up 
somewhere between midnight and 2 a.m. And they would have these gathering houses where people could go and gather and talk. And then they'd go back, do another shift of sleep, and then get up in the morning when the sun rises. Hmm. That's yeah. interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Right now we sort of have a virtual gathering place in the middle of the night, right? <laughs> yeah, it, might be, it might be better if I actually had somebody to talk to. <laughs> totally. Totally. Right. So the other shift that I, I mentioned was those that wake up around four, right? Mm-hmm. Anywhere from 3.30 to 4.30, I would say. Give it about an hour there because people's sleep cycles differ. Yeah. And that's a conundrum for them often because they're like, well, do I get up and I have to be up at six or seven anyway, right? And do I just stay up or do I lie here and try to go back to sleep? They always have a conundrum with that. And what I tell them is another piece to this is that we sleep in about 90 minute to two hour cycles, Hmm. So we have sleep windows that come even when you're awake Mm -hmm. and they go. So if you miss the sleep window, then generally you're going to be up for another hour or so. So when you're lying there in the middle of the night, if it's 4 a.m., let's say, well, your sleep window and you're wide awake. Okay. This is not like sort of hazy. Sometimes people with that don't have insomnia, don't really get this. They're like, yeah, I sort of, you know, it's hazy, but then I lay there and I fall back asleep, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, sometimes that does happen and that's light sleep. Like we cycle up to light sleep anywhere from like 12 to 15 times a night. Okay, oh, so wow. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a lot more than anyone ever thinks. Mm-hmm. So we do that, but we start, we cycle right back down. When yeah. you're awake, with insomnia, you're wide awake. This is not hazy sleep. This is not like I went to the bathroom and now I settle back into my bed and it's a couple of minutes and then I fall back asleep. That's a very different feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the original point is, all right, if you know you're up for probably an hour to an hour and a half, maybe two hours, Mm -hmm. then it's up to you what you want to do. Right. You can lie there miserable, worrying, anxious, right? (laughs) Wishing you'd falling back asleep, checking the clock, all of that. Or you can meditate. You can get up. You can read. I consider it my reading time. I'm one of those who wakes up early morning, 334. And I consider it my reading time. And then eventually I'll feel sleepy, put the book down, catch another little bit of sleep before I have to get up for the day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like finding it like a more positive way to look at that time that you're awake. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, You have a choice about how you see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, think, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that's shifted for me and where I think I used to get so upset with myself for not falling back to sleep where I'm like, okay, I'm awake, but here I am worrying. Maybe I can just put the worries aside and lay here for a while, you know, sort of versus like, why can't I sleep? And that's absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, beating yourself up for not being able to sleep is pretty useless. Right? Totally useless and just makes you feel worse. It does, but so many people do it. They assume it's 
it's my fault somehow that I can't sleep, right? And it's right. like that couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Like it's not your fault. Our bodies don't always cooperate with us, what we want to do. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a nice shift for you. Yeah. And you're saying, okay, how do I put the worries away? So what's yeah. your best technique for putting the worries away? Well, especially if it's um, like if I'm worrying about my business, say, like something that's on my mind that I have been putting off or not doing or, and at night I'm going through all my my planning strategies in the middle of the night. It's like, okay, well, I could continue to do that, but that's not something that's really productive right now because I'm not going to get up and get a piece of paper or a pad or, you know, this isn't something that I want to work on right now. So can I put this worry aside and just let that be? And know that I can pick, you know, think about it tomorrow when I wake up. And that seems to help. I mean, it's like sort of um, acknowledging the worry is there, but also acknowledging like, I can't fix this, whatever this is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. So mm-hmm. I sometimes use that same thing yeah. of, okay, I give myself the suggestion that I'm going to remember everything I need to remember when I wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. I even picture myself remembering it. Oh, I like that. up in the morning, writing yeah. it down in the morning. Or someone could have what I call a sleep notebook beside their bed with mm-hmm. a little pen and pen or pencil, and you can write it down. Yeah. That's yeah. another if- way to get the worries out of your head if you're so motivated, right? Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to do that. Yes. Uh, I think uh, like college, I used to do that. I would write down the things cause I was so concerned I would forget uh-huh. what these worries were. But, yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good one yeah. to, to use either one of those, either picturing yourself, remembering everything you need to in the morning or go ahead and yeah. write it down. Yeah. So Liz, tell us about your program that you're getting ready to launch that hopefully will help all of us sleep better. Yes. Thank you. It's Uh called the sleep better, feel better program. Mm -hmm. And it is for insomnia. Even if you don't qualify quite for insomnia, if you suffer with your sleep, Mm -hmm. then this is the program for you. It is a four week group. So we are meeting live for four weeks, once a week, Tuesdays at noon Eastern time. Mm-hmm. And then you have the option too of doing a private session with me, right? So mm-hmm. it's two levels of the program. And in the four weeks, we are figuring out what's going on with your sleep. What are the triggers for you? We're looking at anxiety for sure. Like, all right, mm-hmm. is that, if that's one of your triggers, let's figure out what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. And then we're also doing hypnosis every single week. So you're learning a strategy to use to help put yourself back to sleep. Because I am really big on self-hypnosis, really, like learning that, learning how to put yourself into hypnosis and then being able to drift off at the end of that or sometimes right at the beginning is what the feedback I get from people, right? <laughs> like they only yeah. have to listen to it a couple of minutes and they're out. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. But really what I want you to be able to do by the end of the program is do that for yourself rather than turning on a recording in the middle of the night 
or Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the night when you're trying to fall asleep, you learning the techniques so that you can do that yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do, I struggle with that. I don't have my phone, you know, in near my, I leave it downstairs just for better sleep, but Mm -hmm. like having to turn my phone on to help me fall asleep. I've never, I have clients who do and love those meditations and things like that, but this, it's a nice idea to be able to teach yourself this tool so that you can put yourself into that sort of hypnotic state to relax. Absolutely. Yes. And I hear you. There's some people who don't want to sleep with their phone beside their bed. Mm -hmm. And then there's some that do. Occasionally when I'm having trouble, my husband will say to me, don't you have a hypnosis for that, Elizabeth? (laughs) (laughs) Meaning my own, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it works. I'm like, okay. But, you know, it seems like this huge effort to get your phone and find it. (laughs) Occasionally that's worth it, right? It's worth the effort. Yes. You get it. But I always think my goal is to have you be independent of technology of having to use, use quote unquote something, you know, whether mm-hmm. that's sleep medication or hypnosis. I mean, they're not really in the same category, but you know what I mean? Having to yeah, use something. Yeah. yeah. So really it's like, all right, that'll be a lifelong skill that someone has. So it's, oh my gosh, it, but they can use it the rest of their life to help them. And what I find is that it helps them in all kinds of areas. So whenever I've worked with someone with sleep issues, they say, well, now it's improved this and this. I had someone I worked with last year who said, well, since now I can sleep. And she was really severe. (laughs) She had a phase disorder, which means her um, cycles were completely flipped. So we got her back on the regular cycle and able to fall asleep and less worried and less anxious, you know, all these things happened. And mm-hmm. she said, I lost like 25 pounds without even trying. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, like, wow. wow. Okay. Yes. Wow. So she goes, I know it's because my sleep was finally, um, finally figured out because sleep obviously relates to weight gain and weight loss, your ability to do that. So yeah. Yeah, it affected all kinds of areas of her life. And that is what I find. So when I say it's a lifelong skill, it's like, yes, let's continue your ability to use these skills far into the future Mm -hmm. in all kinds of ways. So you can take that hypnosis that you learn. And then if you're feeling anxious, you can have a technique to be able to slow the breathing, put yourself into a little mini trance and let the anxieties and worries float away, you know, whatever it is that works for you. And I think that idea too, that, that like not taking something or, or relying on something outside yourself is such a important concept too, that we do have the ability to, whether it's to heal to feel more calm, to put ourselves to sleep. Like it's there, but we have to learn how to access it. Yes, absolutely. And both of us as anxiety specialists completely Mm -hmm. understand how hard that is sometimes. Oh my gosh. So hard. Yes. But it is something that once you get that skill down, you can use it 
right? The rest mm. of your life in terms of anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. like when I was going to my car the other day and worried about the door handle after the grocery store, right? That's directly a result of my training. Yeah. And I wouldn't say I learned that, I don't know, last year, I'd say I learned that probably 10 years ago. Right, right. Of, okay, I've got to figure out a phrase that helps me feel less anxious, more calm, better, and then coming up with that phrase. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. they can sign up if they want more information about it. I'm going to toss this in right here. Yes. <laughs> we're yes, talking yes. about it. Yes. <laughs> they can go over to drlizhypnosis.com slash sleep better. So mm. it's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com slash sleep better. All one word. Awesome. Well, I will uh, definitely add the link to the program and your website in the show notes. Um, and is your website the best way for people to find you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's drlizhypnosis.com and you can see everything about me it has, I don't know, a million blog posts and <laughs> videos and Well, and you that. have and you have your podcast too. So if people were curious about hypnosis as a um, as a skill or as a technique or what hypnosis is all about, they can tune into your podcast and find out more about that, right? Absolutely. Yes. And that's called Hypnotize Me. And you can find it on all the podcast players, your favorite ones, all of that. And there is actually a free hypnosis for insomnia on there. So if cool. you search for it, it'll pop up. Nice. That's yeah. Awesome. And they can get just sort of a preview if they want to make sure that they like my voice or, you know, what that's like. Yeah. It is one of my most downloaded episodes is the the hypnosis for insomnia. Oh, cool. Yeah. So people really like it. I I get pretty regular comments around it too. Like, I love this. Thank you. Yeah. So it's a good one. Yes. Well, um, I'm excited for your program to start, and I really appreciate your taking the time to be on the podcast with me today. Yes, thank you. Like I said at the beginning, it is my pleasure. I really love your podcast, and I listen to it, and I was so happy when you invited me on. It's like, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yay. All righty. Well, as I said, I will put all the links in the show notes and uh, look forward to probably talking to you again. All right. I really enjoyed talking to Liz Bonet. She, well, I love her voice. I love her hypnoses. If you want to know more about what hypnosis is like or experiencing what it's like with her, you can check out her podcast. I think she also has a YouTube channel, uh, but Hypnotize Me is a great podcast. So I hope you'll check that out. Well, with all of the coronavirus stress and anxiety and weight that we are carrying, as I said, my sleep has been disrupted. So if you would like more help in getting better sleep and feeling better, check out her new course that's coming up in May. I hope that you all have a wonderful week. You can find all the information in the show notes. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior.
Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.